0: Hey everybody and welcome to episode 94 of How I Built It. In this episode, I talked to Jeremy Green about his paywall plugin, Leaky Paywall. I thought it was a really interesting project and he happened to reach out to me around the same time that I heard him on another podcast, which I thought was very interesting. Uh, So I really enjoyed talking to him. Uh, We get pretty deep into developer stuff, local development using uh you know github and some of the workflows around github and things like that he also provides some really interesting insights on how people consume information uh, and kind of the reasoning behind why you would put some stuff behind a paywall i also want to tell you about the new shop over at howibuilt.it shop we've got t-shirts and mugs and i'm very excited to bring those things to market we have all sorts of colors And we have both men and women's cuts in the t-shirt options. So head over to howibuilt.it slash shop to see everything we have to offer there. Today's episode is brought to you by Pantheon and a new sponsor, Tech Memes Ride Home Podcast. You'll hear about both of them later. So for now, on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of How I Built It, the podcast that asks, how did you build that? Today... My guest is Jeremy Green of Zine 101. Jeremy, how are you today? I'm doing great. Awesome. Thanks so much for being here. Uh, Jeremy serendipitously reached out to me. Uh, on the same day that I listened to an episode of the Post Status Draft podcast where I heard about him and his product, Leaky Paywall. So uh, it was uh, a little bit of repetition I saw there. So I'm, I'm very excited to have you on the show. Um, so why don't we jump right into it, Jeremy? Why don't you tell uh, the audience uh, who you are and what you do?
1: Sure. Yeah, my name is Jeremy Green. I'm out in Fort Collins, Colorado, and I've been building websites for clients for about the past eight years. And about four years ago, me and a couple other guys uh, decided to start a little side project company called Zine 101, uh, building plugins and tools for publishers. And so right now we build websites and then also work on our products kind of on the side, um, making improvements to them as we build sites with them.
0: Nice. So uh, when you say that you uh, build uh, WordPress sites for um, publishers, you mean like people who are uh, creating maybe like um, online magazines or or mm-hmm. newspapers, stuff like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. So our main focus is magazine publishers who are trying to go digital um, and then local newspapers as well who are trying to go digital.
0: Nice, nice. And do you find that that's like a, a good niche to be in, niche or niche, however you want to <laughs> pronounce it?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. There's, uh, you know, a lot of people need help in that space. Um, and so there's definitely a ton of opportunity there. So we've been pushing, pushing it really hard for the last couple of years in that space.
0: Nice. And uh, so you have the client side of things, and then you have the uh, product side of things. And, and we're going to be focusing uh, mostly on leaky paywall today. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do have kind of several other products. Are these all products that came out of client requests?
1: Yeah, pretty much. So it all started with... Uh, Client request to uh, for our issue M plugin, which basically lets you create magazines online, gives you issues and stuff. And then from that, a client wanted a way to kind of do a leaky paywall style um, functionality. So originally, it was built just for that integration with issue M plugin. Um, and then you know we had another request for it that you know didn't involve issue M, and so we decided, hey, this could be a cool idea for a plugin. So then we pulled it out as its own. Uh, and started doing development just on Leaky Paywall.
0: Gotcha. Very cool. So, um, and and that's that seems like a pretty, a uh, uh, regular path for the the freelancers or the the people who are doing client services is they get enough of a request from uh, enough clients to say, mm-hmm. hey, this is probably a useful plugin. Um, so, did you do any other research uh, as far as creating? Uh, let's let's uh, change gears now and focus completely on leaky paywall. So sure. uh, first, maybe you could tell us a little bit about what exactly that is. And then if you did any other research outside of client requests.
1: Yeah, for sure. So leaky paywall is basically a membership plugin, uh, but has a different way. It restricts content. So instead of it being a hard paywall where, it, you know, content is completely locked down. Um, it allows the user to kind of choose what content they want to view before they reach that that hard paywall and have to pay or you know give their email address or wherever you set it up to be able to access the rest of the content. So that's basically how it works. Um, and then, sorry, what was the other question? <laughs> uh,
0: about research, but actually, I'm glad we paused there because uh, it's so. Uh, if we're if we're kind of equating functionality, right? It's like the mm-hmm. Uh, you read five articles or three articles from the New York Times, and then it says, hey, you hit your limit for the month. Uh, if you want to pay to read the rest, go on ahead. Mm-hmm. That's that's uh, a good use case for this plugin, right?
1: Yep, that's exactly what it does.
0: Perfect. So uh, now moving on to uh, the second part of that question, um, you said that you had a few client requests for this type of functionality. Did you do any other research uh, before mm-hmm. or while developing the plugin?
1: Yeah, I mean, we kind of looked uh, looked around to see what other options were out there. Um, and most of the other kind of leaky paywall style things were, you know, SaaS services that mm. took a share of the revenue. Gotcha. Uh, so we decided to kind of go the WordPress plugin route. So we don't take any revenue share or anything from publishers. So they keep, you know, the all their subscriber revenue. Um, we just make our money from add-ons and client services.
0: Gotcha. That, I mean, that seems like a very desirable model for the publishers, right? Because, uh, I mean, making making money as a publisher is hard, especially if you're going mm-hmm. to go the, the paywall route. Yep. Uh, and it's uh, very unappetizing to want to give up a share of that to uh, have your main revenue driver, I would say.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's what we found, too, especially with like the small and medium sized publisher, uh, which is where we're really focused on you know, they can't really afford to lose 30% of their subscriber revenue.
0: Wow. That is a, that is a lot more than I was thinking in my head.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And you know, it, it, different programs, different softwares do have different revenue shares, but you know, it's just kind of the, the, the general level.
0: Gotcha. So, so do you offer a free version of the plugin on the repository and then sell the add-ons or is there like a premium version of the plugin?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we have leaky paywalls free on the repo. And then we have add ons that add additional functionality uh, onto it. We actually started as a completely premium plugin. And we decided to make the core functionality free a couple years ago, just to try to get some more, get some more exposure, get more people using it.
0: Gotcha. And has that worked out for you?
1: It has as far as getting our name out there. Um, It's really increased the amount of publishers that we've been able to work with uh, because they find our plugin and then they reach out. So we have a lot more connections with publishers now.
0: Oh, that's great. Yeah, I'd imagine that it's probably a good way for you to not only sell more uh, copies of the plugin or the add-ons, but also maybe get some extra client work on the side.
1: Mm Exactly. Exactly.
0: Man, that's that's fantastic. So uh, what is what's in the free version of the plugin? Is it like, uh, you know, email ask or is there some payment? Is there payment processing Mm -hmm. in in the free version?
1: Yeah. So the free version uh, comes with PayPal standard and then also Stripe uh, built into it. So you can start start taking payments right away. Um, If you want to do recurring payments um, or something like that, then we have an add on for that. But out of the box, you can use Stripe or PayPal.
0: Wow, that's, that's fantastic. So people can start making money with your plugin right away, no money down, 30-day yep. guarantee. All that, so. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Pantheon. WordPress 5.0 and the new editor, Gutenberg, are coming. Are you prepared? Do you want to learn about the changes in advance? Pantheon has gathered resources to help you prepare including webinars and tutorials pantheon also has made it easy and free to try gutenberg with your site before the official launch visit pantheon.io slash gutenberg let them know that how i built it sent you and now back to the show this is always really interesting to me um when you were figuring out kind of what to make free and what to have as an uh, (laughs) add-on, did you, did you talk to people? Did you talk to your clients? Did you just get feedback from users? Did you talk to other uh, professionals in the space? How did that look with the decision-making process?
1: Yeah. I mean, we, we just talked to, you know, we saw all the requests that were coming in either through the support forum on wordpress.org or, you know, our support ticket system to see what people wanted and kind of our, Kind of benchmark was if it was something that helped the publisher make money, then we should probably charge for it, so that was kind of our our baseline that we used when deciding whether to make something free or just put it into the core plugin um you know it's not a hundred percent that way, but for the most part, that was what we used to figure out what to what to charge for and what not to charge for
0: yeah and and that makes sense right i i've I've always said the easiest sell is is this cell that you can apply a direct value to. Right. It's like, mm-hmm. if you buy this add on, you can start making money immediately. Right. So,
1: yep. Yep. Exactly. Awesome.
0: Very cool. Um, so, uh, I, I do have, uh, one more question kind of about the features before we get to the title question. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it looks like you have like IP, uh, exceptions add on and ad dropper and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, how much of that c- came from, um, Or maybe the implementation, uh, because you kind of answered this question already, but uh, how much of this came from your domain knowledge of working with uh, publishers on the Mm -hmm. client side as well, right? Because, you know, I think a lot of, well, I'll do it too. I'll say like, oh, I could totally build something like that, but I'm not like in the industry and I don't have the domain knowledge. So how much of that domain knowledge like helps you um, create features and relate mm-hmm. them to, you know, write the copy, like writing copy is so hard.
1: I think. right so. Yeah. No, I mean, a hundred percent, I would say like, you know, we have client requests as we're building a site and we're like, oh, that's a great idea. We should build that for this client and then create an add on for it. Um, so, yeah, we do that all the time. You know, like IP restrictions, you know, there was a request for, you know, a lot of people in the publishing industry, you know, sell publications to like libraries, or universities right Mm, so they needed a way to give people with an ip address access without you know the user having to log in and stuff and so that came directly out of a client request and then we just generalize it to to make it an add-on so you know most of our new add-ons that we come out are directly related to problems or needs that we see that publishers have
0: gotcha and understanding that neither of us are lawyers um, what is, uh, you know, I guess the open source helps in giving you the ability to do that. Right. Cause, um, you know, I know like a lot of, well, when I did freelance work, my client or my contract was always, uh, well, you completely own everything unless kind of stated otherwise, unless I built mm-hmm. it previously. Um, so does, does open source help with that? Are your, uh, are your clients kind of keen on you doing stuff like that?
1: Yeah, we usually, you know, for for a client work, it's usually pretty customized. Mm-hmm. So we'll take the idea and we customize it specifically for them. And then after the fact, we'd more generalize it, you gotcha. know, and then I'll put in all the hooks and filters needed to, you know, if someone else wants to customize it as they need. Uh, but it's, you know, a pretty generalized version of what we actually build for the client.
0: Cool. Very cool. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. That sounds really cool. It sounds, well, uh, you know, I do video work for people and I try to toe that line as well, right? Yeah, you mm-hmm. can't. You can't exactly copyright teaching something. You can just copyright the content that uh, came out of that teaching sort of thing. So mm-hmm. um, it's it's a very similar model to what I take and, and very interesting.
1: Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll even say with that real quick, we have some people that, you know, we don't do full site builds for. They just need a custom functionality. And so we'll actually say, okay, we'll develop it for you. You know, we'll give you a discount, but we're going to create an add-on out of it. So that's another way that we handle that as well.
0: Oh, and that's great, right? Because then you're getting a little seed money to to build out, you know, mm-hmm. your business, which is really cool. I like that a lot. Yep. Nice. Uh, well, we are about at the halfway point, which is like, which is when I like to ask the title question, uh, which is, how did you build it? Um you uh, you touched on you know uh, a, a little bit of that um, you you'll get client requests you'll build something specific you'll generalize it with hooks and plugins but what does your development process look like?
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. So we have uh, me and then a couple other developers that work on it um, kind of part time and so you know personally I just use Sublime Text uh, and we have everything up on GitHub so Leaky Paywall itself is up on a pl- public repo. And all our add-ons are on private repos, and we nice. try to use the Git flow model mm-hmm. uh, to kind of create feature branches, work on stuff there, push everything together, and then push it out to the repo uh, from there. So we're working on adding more automation and stuff like that. Um, but you know, it's just a lot of uh, reading other people's code too, and just seeing what other people are doing in the space. You know, because the membership plugin isn't new. Um, but kind of our take on it is a little bit different. So just kind of seeing what other people are doing, take best practices, um, and then try to incorporate that into our plugins.
0: Nice, that's fantastic. And and so you mentioned Git Flow. Um, mm-hmm. I always I always mess up Git and Git Flow and GitHub Flow. Uh, And then there was like another one introduced to me recently. (laughs) So, um, and I think this is, this is a fun question. And I don't know that I've asked it on the show before. So um, my development process used to be feature branch to like the dev branch. And then once we felt the dev branch was ready, we would merge that right into master. A Mm -hmm. new, uh, well, new to me, I guess, as of a few months ago was uh, feature branch to dev branch, test it on the dev branch, then feature branch to master branch. Um, And then at some point you kind of merge master back into dev to make sure that everything is in sync. Um, Mm. Is is your flow one of the above or none of the above?
1: Yeah, so we just have a a master and dev branch, Mm -hmm. and then we just create the feature branches uh, off of master. Do all the do all the work there. Once everything's good, and we create a feature branch with all those, or excuse me, a release branch with all those features in it. And then, you know, test all that out across everyone's environments, you know, try to catch any bugs that we can uh, and then push everything up to the develop and master branches and then push those out.
0: Nice. Nice. I dig that. And then you have kind of a nice, uh, uh, you know, similar Mm -hmm. to what you see in Subversion, right, with all the kind of release, the version numbers Mm -hmm. as branches. Um, Cool. I like that a lot. And then you mentioned that uh, you were working on some. um, Well, first of all, actually let's let's back up a little bit. You have the public of uh, the public repo, which is the mm-hmm. core plugin uh, mm-hmm. and then you have add-ons as private repos uh mm-hmm. how do you do you like pull in the core plugin any old way or do you do it? um is that a is that something you do locally? so I know people will use like composer or um uh, something I haven't used in a long time, so I can't remember, but it's like uh, pulling in a, a repo within github um right. Right. You Submodules know, you, and submodule. Stuff like that. That's it. Yeah. I, yeah. I, as soon as we stopped using it at, at my old company, I forgot about it because <laughs> I hated it.
1: Um, do you do anything like that? Yeah. No, personally I keep it really simple. Um, you know, most of my day to day is client work stuff. So I try, I don't have time to get too much in the weeds on the, the development process on the plugin side of things. So I just keep it really simple, pull down, you know, both of the repos locally, have all the add-ons in one install make sure nothing breaks whenever we have something new and then then push it up so it's not very complicated you know you can definitely get pretty complicated um i'm in that the post status slack and i've asked the question you know how how do you guys do a development you know because i'm just figuring this stuff out on my own i've never had anyone teach me or anything like that and so it's just it's really cool to to learn what other people do and, and you know take little pieces here and there but you know i like to keep it as simple as possible
0: Oh, absolutely. And I'm, like, 11 years out of college now. I'm almost 10 years out of grad school, and, well, we didn't really touch on development processes like that, and, and it was more, like, we used Java primarily, so... um mm-hmm. But I definitely prefer keeping it simple. You know, I miss the days where I could just open up a code editor and write code. And then, hey, you know, it works mm-hmm. or whatever. Now you need to, like, do the node and the build and the whatever. I know.
1: Uh, I remember uh, when there wasn't CSS, so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice. I was coming in, like, right when CSS was starting to get big. So uh, mm-hmm. I knew just enough to... to write HTML without CSS. And then my friend showed me CSS and I was like, what is this amazing (laughs) thing? Uh, Uh, Like right before I got set in my ways. So, um, but now that's where I'm at and people, you know, so, um, so do you use like a a linter or automated tests or anything? I, uh, I interviewed Pippin a while ago, I guess it was over Mm -hmm. a year ago now. And, um, you know, he said that he likes to keep his development environment so light that if his laptop fell into a lake, he could go buy mm-hmm. a new one and be up and running in an hour.
1: Yeah, and I loved that. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I basically just use Lara- uh, Laravel Valet for local development, so I mean, nice. I could spin that up in five seconds and you know be ready to rock again. So
0: nice, Laravel Valet. I've I've been hearing, I use local by Flywheel because um, mm-hmm. development's not really my day to day anymore. It's, you know, I do mostly video stuff, um, but I've been hearing a lot of good things about Laravel Valet. I'm definitely gonna have to check it out.
1: Yeah, it's pretty
0: awesome cool um sweet so uh so oh uh, this is this is fun. I get to ask these two questions i usually usually it's all covered in like the whole big story um <laughs> but uh, what kind of transformations has your product gone gone through since it first launched? you know uh, I'm really curious to see if uh you you kind of alluded to this, but it started off as um kind of a client plugin first that you maybe generalized Mm -hmm. into a public plugin and then kind of, how did it evolve from that?
1: Yeah. So it started, it only worked with, you know, like I said, that issue and plugin that we have, and then we added post types, uh, restrictions. So that way it would work with any site. Um, and then it used to be, you know, only premium. And then we decided to make it, you know, the core part free. So that was a big change. Um, so those were kind of the biggest transformations, as far as what what it's come from and then you know we've added lots of functionality to it like it used to only have you know subscribe cards that just had like stripe checkout Uh, so you couldn't really do like registration forms Uh, Mm -hmm. so that was a big update whenever we pushed out the ability to do that um you know and then you know over time we've just been adding a feature here a feature there
0: this episode is brought to you by the tech meme ride home podcast you may have heard of TechMeme.com, which is a great tech news site that you can check multiple times a day. TechMeme Ride Home distills all the great content from TechMeme.com into daily 15 to 20 minute long episodes. You get top stories, posts, tweets, and conversations every day around 5 p.m. Eastern. It's like NPR's Marketplace, but for tech news. The show is hosted by Brian McCullough, who also hosts the Internet History Podcast. To listen, you can use your favorite podcast app to search for Ride Home and then subscribe. Get your tech news daily from the Tech Meme Ride Home Podcast today. How important is working on mobile for you? Because I've heard, I heard some very insane stats recently about the number of people who consume (laughs) <laughs> news media on mobile devices.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, making sure everything's responsive and stuff like that. A lot of that, it's kind of difficult with a plugin though, because it's not the theme. Right. And so, you know, theme styles can make stuff look ugly pretty quick. Right. Um, we've seen some pretty bad ones out there, out in the wild, especially in, you know, local newspaper stuff. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, you know, obviously having that mobile experience is good. Um, you know, the big thing we push, too, with with our publisher clients is the uh, email list building and getting that. And then most people are reading stuff on email and then, you know, sending people to the website from their uh, from, you know, when they're checking email on their phone or whatever. Um, so just making sure that the site itself is is mobile optimized. But obviously, you know, we can't do that from the plug side of things only if we help with the right. site. So,
0: yeah, absolutely. It's it, that's so interesting, because about two years ago, I heard email is dead and then uh, since going out on my own, all I've heard is your email list is like your business's <laughs> life's blood. I'm like, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, very cool. Do you, I know Stripe makes it um, easier, let's say to to integrate like Apple Pay. Do you do things like that mm-hmm. in the plugin or is that an add-on or?
1: Uh, we, you know, can do it for, we don't have like an add-on or anything. I mean, it's definitely possible with the hooks that are in there To if someone wanted to kind of roll their own or something like that. Honestly, we haven't had any requests for it. Interesting. Um, so we haven't, you know, dove into that side of things. We've got requests for tons of other things in our feature yeah. backlog. So that one just hasn't made it to the top of the list,
0: Interesting. So, but it's definitely
1: possible if you wanted to.
0: Cool. Very cool. That's, um, that I really like that answer. I, I didn't prep you on that or anything. So I didn't, <laughs> I didn't mean to like blindside you, but, um, I guess as somebody in the tech field, I just kind of assumed that uh apple pay would be a popular thing but i i guess people probably users probably prefer the act of putting the credit card in if they're gonna give their money to people Mm -hmm. so interesting uh and so uh you mentioned that you have a big backlog uh what are your plans for the future of the plugin uh as much as you're willing to say of course you know i don't need like a Mm -hmm hard date or a road I don't want to tie you to anything but what do you what are you working on for the next release let's say
1: yeah so our biggest kind of thing we'll work on right now is working on subscriber engagement and getting data around that Uh, because you can do a whole lot more with data whenever you know who the user is Mm -hmm. you know kind of you know what's their path to subscribe how do you keep people from churning out how do you add more value to a subscriber to keep them around Um, You know, what what kind of content is a subscriber using? uh, What are they viewing? Um, And then who hasn't come in a while so you can reach out to those people. So having data points around that and then creating kind of automation around reaching out to those people and just helping with subscriber engagement is our next big kind of set of tools that we're working on that will integrate with Leaky PayWall.
0: That's fantastic, and that's something that I've heard echoed in other interviews. At the end of season four, uh, you know, I, I had an interview with um, Becca Rice of Jilt, and and she talked about stuff like that too, figuring out engagement and and how to to um, you know figure out who's browsing your site maybe before they put an email address in or you know, capturing that email address as soon as possible because Jilt uh, does abandoned carts and it's mm-hmm. not very useful. If you don't know who to send the emails to, so
1: <laughs> yeah, um, we're actually using them on our Z one hundred one site right now. So
0: n- nice, they are. So uh, well, at the time of this recording, uh, this ep- this episode is going to be in season five, um, but they were definitely a sponsor for season four, uh, and I'm a big, big fan of their work. So mm-hmm. um, I'll I'll link them in the show notes if you want to go check them out as well. Um, cool. So uh, I'll end with my favorite question, which is, Do you have any trade secrets for us?
1: Um, I would say the biggest thing is dog fooding your product as much as possible. And for us, that wasn't in us using it, you know, personally, like we don't have a publication. But by building client sites uh, with the plugin, we're really able to see what works and what doesn't and kind of what features are missing, what could be improved. You know, even from the admin area, like a lot of requests we get is like the person managing the subscribers needs more, you know, mm-hmm. tools and stuff like that. Um, so I would say just dogfooding your product, using it, you know, on real world sites and seeing how it's actually being used in the wild, you'll learn a ton.
0: Man, that's it. That is fantastic advice as somebody coming from, uh, well, I used to work in higher ed for a while and it was very clear that, uh, the people making the products were not in higher ed. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) so, uh, definitely you will have a better product if you uh use the product as well so it's just like uh you know you take like a design that has like the perfect amount of text in the design uh you want to make sure that you're using real text and not like the perfect size headline because you can't always guarantee that a headline's going to be exactly i don't know 30 Mm -hmm. characters or whatever so
1: exactly or those photos in themes that you can't actually use and if you don't have good photography the theme sucks and, you
0: know. right exactly <laughs> right that's that's the biggest criticism i've heard of squarespace is like if you don't have good photography your squarespace site is not going to look good so <laughs> awesome well uh uh jeremy thanks for joining me today i really appreciate it i'm glad you reached out
1: um uh, where you.
0: yeah where can people find you
1: uh they can find me personally at greenhornet79 on twitter and then you know, zine 101.com is where all our stuff is
0: nice Greenhorn are you a, are you a fan of the Green Hornet
1: um, actually it's kind of a story but I had a 79 Ford f-150 pickup in high school nice. and uh, had completely restored it and it was kind of a metallic green so my grandpa called it the Green Hornet so I've stuck with me since high school
0: well that was an absolutely fantastic way to end the show so uh, thanks again. To Jeremy for joining me today, I really appreciate uh, everything that he talked about, his story about his grandfather, the insights into creating a paywall, and of course his development environment. And I want to thank our sponsors once again. Thanks to Pantheon and Tech Memes Ride Home Podcast. Definitely check both of those out. Those are completely free for you. Uh, so go ahead and head over to the appropriate sites and check them out. Their support is deeply appreciated. The question of the week for you is have you considered adding a paywall to your site? Maybe you have a blog or a news site. Maybe you have a podcast or online courses that you maybe drip out some for free. Uh, And have you considered adding a paywall to that? So let me know on Twitter at jcasabona or email me at joe at howibuilt.it. Don't forget to check out the new t-shirts and mugs over at the howibuilt.it slash shop. And for all the show notes, head over to howibuilt.it slash nine four. If you liked the show, head over to Apple Podcast and leave us a rating and review. It helps people discover us. You can also join the Facebook community over at howibuilt.it slash Facebook. We ask the question of the week over there too, so you can talk to other listeners about the episode and the question of the week and things like that. I really want to build a strong community around this podcast and Facebook is the place to do it. So that's everything for me. Until next time, get out there and build something.